0: Welcome to the Meta Woman podcast. We address the issues, opportunities, and challenges facing women in the development of the metaverse. The biggest revolution since the internet itself. Every week we bring you conversations with top female talent and business executives operating in the gaming and crypto industries. Here's your host, Lindsay, the boss, Paws. The Meta Woman podcast starts now.
1: Hello and welcome to the Meta Woman podcast, part of the Holodeck Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lindsay, the boss Poss. together. We're going to have conversations about what it's like to be a woman in the gaming industry from struggle to success. We're covering it all to our returning listeners. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please be sure to leave a five star rating review and tell a friend about the pod. You guys know the whole spiel. If you've listened to podcasts before for new listeners, welcome. And I hope you enjoy the show. I'm so excited to introduce our guests this week. I love having an episode with multiple guests. I think it's really fun um, to bounce ideas off each other. And this week we have Joni Kraut and Kendricks Scott from Women in Gamings International, a.k.a. Wiggy, which is the most fun acronym, I think. <laughs> um, Wiggy is a nonprofit with a mission to cultivate resources to advance economic equality and diversity in the global games industry. So Joni and Kendricks, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm here what start, she said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, to start, could you guys just give me a little, a couple sentences from your background uh, and who you are, what your stories are?
2: Sure, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I'm Joni. I'm the CEO at Wiggy. Uh, I started as a CFO about two years ago, two and a half years ago now. Uh, and I just transitioned to CEO just over a year ago now. Uh, and it's it's been an amazing journey just coming through the games industry and kind of seeing the different inequalities and then finding this amazing group of people who are also having those shared experiences and, and being so excited and empowered to empower the next generation of leaders and just finding ways to to help normalize women, femme presenting and non-binary professionals in the global gaming industry. It's, it's, it feels like fun more than work. So really excited to, to be part of the team.
0: And I'm Kendricks. I'm the CMO over at Wiggy, um, which, yes, every time I say it, I'm like getting Wiggy with it. And everyone just goes, stop and just like shoes me away. But anyway, um, my pronouns are they, them. Uh, I've been in gaming and esports for almost seven years now. Um, I started as an esports journalist way back when, uh, following my passion of Dota 2, actually. Um, Jody knows every time I get a conversation, <laughs> Dota 2 is the best game in the world, let me tell you about it. Um, but besides my love of Dota, um, I had a real big passion for social media and marketing prior to entering the games industry. Um, so I spent a long time proving myself, having to overcome barriers, having to overcome struggles that were non-existent to my uh, men counterparts in my jobs. Um, and I've worked a very long time to get to a place where I can work with an organization like Wiggy, where we work on that inequality, where we work on ensuring that uh, women, non-binary and fem-presenting people have the same opportunities as men. Um, so I'm really happy part of the team. I also, again, mirror Joni, it is more fun than it is work. Um, but I, I think when you love something so much or when you have a passion, for like games or esports or uh, inequality or making it easier for everybody else, um, it truly doesn't feel like a job. So I'm just happy to be on the team and be work on the projects that we have coming up.
1: I love it when people love what they do. Uh, we we always hear about you know burnout and everyone's tired and all of that, which is also true for sure. But it's so nice and refreshing when <laughs> there's a perspective of people who are just really excited by the work that they do. Uh, it's so cool. So speaking of that, I know you guys offer several different programs, ways to get involved, things that you kind of push out to your audience. Can we just kind of briefly go through those and what they do?
2: Oh, man, I'm so excited. So when I started at Wiki, we were very focused on in-person networking events, which was amazing and impactful and great. Uh, But I come from a nonprofit background. And so I was just like, we could be doing so much more. And so this year in 2022, we are so excited to be launching over 26 separate programs that are focused on creating that that empowerment and that strategic, uh, normalization and, and really just pushing people forward. So, uh, we have a power leveling series that is the first Wednesday of every month. Um, it's focused on really, um, Empowering people to learn from a workshop, an interactive workshop. It's intentionally very closed, so it's something you have to register for. It's a Zoom link that we are keeping that conversation very kind of buttoned up. It's not recorded, uh, and it's very much intentionally meant to be. This is a safe space where you can ask every single question. You can get specific advice from these amazing industry professionals, um, and it's really creating that that open opportunity to, to learn and to grow um, and to ask specific questions to your specific instance. Uh, We also have the Get in the Game program. Kendricks, you talk about that one, go for it.
0: it. It's my favorite program. I'm always so excited when you pass through that ball over the plate because I'm just always ready to talk about it. Um, So the Get in the Game program is basically a micro mentorship program where we have applicants apply to go to basically a convention or networking event. So things, we went to ESI uh, last year, but more importantly, it was actually EGX. Um, This year we're going to ESI, GDC, DICE, hacks, a couple other places, um, and essentially mentees apply to get in. Uh, and then once they're accepted, we have three mentors go with the, go with them to an event. And at the event, they teach them things like networking, how to talk to people, what to bring with you to go to a booth. If you're you know, a designer and you want to get a job at an indie booth, or if you are a marketing professional, how do you go, like who do you talk to at a booth or who do you talk to at a networking event? Um, we equip them with everything that they need. And then it runs typically, Three to four days, I would say. It depends on the networking or the convention we're going to. Um, our EGX one that we did in October actually had an eighty percent higher rate after the after the actual uh, get in the game program. So I think it was quote me if I uh, could be wrong. Joni might correct me, but it was two weeks after the program, half of the people had jobs. So three of them, and then two weeks after that, another two people got full time jobs. So we had five out of the six individuals had full time jobs after the get in the game program. So it has a huge success rate. Um, It's also a lot of fun. You actually like, you get to go to an event, like it's paid for your flights, your hotel, the tickets, everything is paid for. So you just go as an individual. Um, It's really a passion project for me, this one in particular, because when I started in esports, there wasn't that opportunity to like go to an event. If I wanted to go cover an event to try to get noticed and like write an article or do the interviews, I paid for everything myself. And like, as a broke student, that was a lot of money that I was spending to go to this event and it was airfare and it was tickets and it was hotel and it was food. So the fact that we can offer this to mentees to go with us and like actually experience the event and get that experience is like out of this world for me. But I'll stop. There's also another really cool program that we have coming up, Joni, would you like to talk about the stat boost program. I think I think the
2: get in the game program, too, is still so amazing because it was amazing to watch these women go just just by talking to them at breakfast before the conference and saying, "Okay, now you need to go get ten ten business cards at the conference today and they were just like no I can't I can't talk to ten people. I'm not going to ask somebody for a business card. I don't want to waste their time and just re changing that that perspective of no you're not wasting their time they're so lucky to be introduced to you go and talk to these people because this is a huge opportunity for both of you if you get hired that's an opportunity for the company to work with you that's an amazing thing for them and and just kind of reframing that perspective before they went into a conference i was telling Kendricks earlier every time right before i speak i go in my head and i go wow i really suck at speaking this is gonna be terrible and then i start speaking and it's terrible and it's yeah obviously so if you if you just reframe before you start speaking you know it's it's so impactful and so amazing so watching these people grow in this short incredibly short time period to the point that they got you know not only a networking event they got a business card they got the you know follow-up how do we follow up let's make sure we follow up with these business cards how do we make this now part of our network and then using our network to get a job it was It was really amazing to to really see that. So um.
1: that is awesome because one of the biggest themes that we talk about on the show is imposter syndrome and the whole, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm wasting their time is such a huge part of that. And I truly wish that someone had sat me down when I was getting ready to leave school and and done this. And I think that I was at a university where there's tons of networking opportunities, but I never knew how to follow up. Having Mm -hmm. a specific goal is so good and just... Teaching people how to leverage all of that is—it's because it's really not that hard once you know, but the barrier to knowing feels so high when you're constantly putting yourself down. So yeah. I love that you address the whole problem and not just hey go to a conference, right? Right. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Bye. Right. bye. No. <laughs> that's so great, and I, I hope that this can be a model like for in and out of the gaming industry because that's the yeah. kind of stuff that's. For young adults, I feel like it's so important because it's the stuff I missed out on, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know from personal experience, it's like, oh my God, listening to you talk. Oh, I wish I had that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like our whole program's portfolio this year was really built around, I wish I had known X when I started in my career or when I was trying to get from entry level to man- manager or manager to C-suite. I wish I had known this. And then it's like, cool, let's do a program on it. Let's have a panel on it. Let's have a conversation around it. Um, and, and it's not even just... Just knowing but having the confidence to do it once you do know it like you can read all the self-help books in the world but if you don't do the thing it it's not really helping you so um kendrick's always posts you know on twitter like heading to wherever so you know like a week in advance that they're heading to a specific event and then once they're there they're at whatever and i was like that's so smart i've never done that (laughs) it's so it's, it's yeah yeah, and starting new conversations because then people know you're available and you're there and then they can reply and be like, hey, I'm here too. Let's let's talk about potential partnership or collaboration or or job opportunity.
0: One of my favorite oh my things was also just seeing them also like come together as like a cohort. Like mm-hmm. I, I I went to university, I had my own cohort. Like we did all the classes together. We knew each other, we studied together. It was like three years of all we did together was like we knew each other inside and out. And what was really nice to see is Over the three days, like they became their own cohort. Like they were like, we would message the group on discord and be like, where is everyone? And like, no one would answer. And we would see them messaging each other in a separate conversation that they had started. And we're like, okay, success was made because they're now, Like their friends, their their colleagues, they're also people in their own network in gaming and esports. So they have those people in their corner, which is the most important thing that I stress um, getting into the industry. But it was also like, hey, could like someone pay attention to us as well? Because like, we'd like to go to lunch because we're hungry.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. It's uh, the the student becoming the master very quickly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I know there's a couple more programs. I would love to hear about those obviously Um, so great
2: (laughs) (laughs) so the the mentorship program um we are going to do one quarterly in 2022 which we're very excited about the first one is in February um and it is a program focused on on really just creating it's actually two programs in one so the first program is teaching a mentor how to be a mentor and then the second program is the actual mentor mentee relationship so having different opportunities to Listen to and learn from, and uh, network with different industry professionals, uh, and really having those again those specific questions answered. What what is it that you are trying to accomplish? What is it that you want to get out of this program? Really setting those goals, and then making sure that people are attainable for reaching those goals. Uh, again, a lot of times it's it's what I didn't know, and and the people who are the mentors know, so we can kind of help you get to the next level. So, um, Kendricks, do you want to
0: take step boost? Oh, yeah. StatBoost. That's coming up. I, I, I love that I get the ones that are coming up sooner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the StatBoost program um, is like a, a micro summit is kind of how I explain it. So it's basically three days is our, is our one coming up. So it's a three day, four hours the first two days, and then five hours the second day where we have a bunch of panels. Um, and essentially they focus on one particular program. So the one that we have coming up is... Uh, I don't know if I'm like. When does this come out? <laughs> Focused
2: on helping people get jobs in esports, and yes. we are partnering with an amazing organization
0: to run this program that will be announced shortly. Um, that, will be announced <laughs> that was perfect uh, teamwork. <laughs> and uh, essentially, what it does is it's free to attend. So you basically show up to the Twitch channel, you listen to the panels, you have like this um, periods where there's Q and A's, and then it moves on to the next panel. And the whole idea is to talk about one particular brand or program that we've partnered with uh, that explores one aspect of the gaming and esports industry. Um, and so we have one coming up. Um, it's actually at the end of this month. Um, I really love these because they're a way of attending and getting that like kind of close interaction with panelists in a virtual way. Um, I know COVID is still rampant and while some people travel like like I do, um, it's not accessible for everyone. So the Stackways program is a nice way to have a quarterly uh, micro summit where you can meet new people, see new experiences, and also get familiar with new brands you might not have heard of.
2: But yeah. And then we have Open World Dialogue, which is an open conversation also on Twitch. Um, it's the second Wednesday of every month. And it's it's creating more of an open conversation. So just anybody can join. There's no registration required. Uh, and And really finding ways to, to interact with our community and answer questions. Um, we do have that very heavily uh, monitored to make sure that the conversations stay positive stay positive and um, constructive, but uh, it's, it's a really cool opportunity to, again, just have these industry professionals kind of speaking to their experiences and uh, what they learned from those experiences to help the next person maybe not go through as much or know how to advocate for themselves if there is a situation. And then our networking events.
0: Go. go. Oh, I just I love I love the things that are in person and I love the virtual in-person things too. But uh so our networking events really focus on uh creating safe spaces where you can network or you can meet people or you can basically get together with colleagues in the industry in some capacity. So whether that's like an after party, which we did at PAX Unplugged, whether that's our after party at GDC that we did, I think it was two years ago because I was pre-COVID. Um these events really focus on creating spaces where women, non-binary, and femme-presenting individuals can network and meet other people. Um, I know that a lot of times, especially when I was just starting out in the industry, you would go into an after party or you would go to a networking event and it would be like 98% men. And it would be really intimidating to feel confident and not have imposter syndrome and also feel safe and also feel like your voice is heard. And so we create these spaces, these networking events where women, non-binary and femme presenting people can do just that. Um, they're my favorite. One of my favorite things about this whole thing. Um, because it really makes you feel like you're part of the crowd and part of the industry and gives, gives you that opportunity to like exchange the business cards and meet people that are perhaps outside of your lane in the industry. So if you're a marketer, maybe you can meet some game devs. If you're a game dev, maybe you're meeting some CEOs or CFOs. It's just a great way to meet people in the industry.
1: And then we 100%. also have... A- Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say. I will note that you said you've already said twice what your favorite thing is. I know. (laughs) I have so many favorites. My. No, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, I just I like that. Again, I like I like to hear when people really love what they do. And yeah, Joni, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I believe you're going (laughs) to talk about your podcast, right?
2: Yeah, oh, God, not mine. I would never do a podcast. (laughs) But, yes, Wiggy's podcast. (laughs) Wiggy's podcast. I can't keep a conversation going. Uh, The the Cheat Codes podcast is very much focused on, again, creating those conversations with industry professionals. And uh, it's focused on a specific topic to really um, get that engagement. Those are also streamed on Twitch and then uploaded to Spotify and YouTube. So um, the most important thing with all of our programs is that they are all completely free to Mm -hmm. attend to Um, be part of to register for and and really creating that opportunity. You know, the biggest discrepancy we're seeing is that certain people are um, paid, underpaid. And so we want to give those underpaid people the opportunity to learn and to grow as you would if you had a bunch of money to throw at your career. And so uh, that's really one of the biggest things. Everything, our networking events, our mentorship program, everything that we offer is 100% free to our community.
1: Yeah, giving that equal footing is definitely super important. Um, one of the things about this is I, I know you guys focus a lot on events, which is really cool. I am someone who has not always known what I can get out of conferences or panels or things like that. So can you tell, can you talk a little bit more and kind of tell the audience a little bit about why events like this have an impact and how people can take advantage of them in a better way?
0: Myself <laughs> Considering it's my second favorite thing, <laughs> um, yeah. I think so. Like not to harken back always to like what happened to me when I started an in industry, but I think there's a big portion of like visibility that plays into why we do these networking events and why we attend these conventions when you start in the industry while while esports and gaming is very much online and it's very digital it can feel like you're one voice in a, in thousands and like hundreds of thousands and so finding people or seeing organizations that you can be a part of that can feel can support you can feel like it's just a sea of people. Like, where do I find an organization that is going to help me? Or where can I find resources that are going to help advance my career? Where am I going to find a networking event where the focus is making it safe for everybody? And so by being visible at conventions and conferences, you kind of start to part the sea. You start, you start to stand out and you start to become a beacon for people to find you. Um, I mean, one great example is, I think, PAX East, which we're going to in April has like 300,000 attendees. Is like pre-COVID, those were the numbers. So 300,000 people means that, let's say 20% of them walk by our booth, just like a number I'm pulling out. It's not accurate, but I'm gonna go with it. If only 20%, that's still 20% of 300,000, which I'm sure Joni can do the math, not the math person here. Um, It's a lot of people that see you. And out of that percentage of people, an X number of them will be women, non-binary, femme presenting individuals, which they will then gravitate and be like, OK, well, maybe that's a resource that I can go back to. Um, that's the whole reason that people have like swag at booths and and business cards and signups is because we want people to be able to we want to be that resource for people. We want to make people feel less alone we want to make help them. Their- with their careers, right? That's the whole purpose. So besides being lots of fun and getting to be my very, very extroverted self, conferences and networking events are a way of parting the sea and being a beacon for people in the industry.
2: And then building your network, but also having that buddy system. I always say Mm -hmm. I can logic myself out of anything because I will just get so in my head, I can make it seem like the worst idea or I can make it seem like the best idea. Um depending on how much alcohol is involved. So I definitely <laughs> that's, that's very real. <laughs> um so if there's if there's an opportunity for me to go by myself, I know when I went to Dice the first time I went right before the world closed. Um, I was so excited to be there and there were so many amazing people. And I just got really in my head of like, they're not going to talk to me or what would I even say? Or if I went to go introduce myself, how would I even do that? And thankfully, Amy Allison was there and she is on our board of directors. She's been with Wiggy almost as long as I've been alive and she's just amazing. And she's so extroverted, but she also is so, um, you want to know me. You, you want to know me just as much as I want to know you. And and she has that mentality of like, why not have an extra friend? Why wouldn't we be friends? Like, why, why wouldn't we talk to each other? And, and kind of walking into a conference with that person, it helps me so much. And so that's now Mike Hendricks, (laughs) um, kind of in a similar mindset where they're constantly just like, let's go talk to this person because they would be amazing if we could partner with them for X, Y, or Z, or I feel like there's a potential here. And I think it would be at least worth a conversation to see if there is a way to collaborate. And Changing your mentality from I want something from you to I wanna see how we could work together. It's it's really amazing. So we wanna be that for people. We wanna be your buddy. We wanna we wanna create that buddy system for you and and create that confidence in you to then now go and start that conversation, even if you're if you're by yourself. Yeah.
1: So I think that's a really good point. And that's something as I've been You know, I just started this podcast, but as I've been getting into it, one of the most beautiful things about it is that there hasn't been a ton of people who have looked to be overly competitive, which I really appreciate because there's no way we're all going to win if we're all fighting each other, and I would rather us all win. Um, And when it comes to that kind of collaboration, have you guys felt kind of the openness of the gaming community? I, I sort of switched industries here from tech policy into gaming, and it feels much more open and much less closed off, but um, you all have been in gaming for longer, so I'd love to to know what you think about that. And that's obviously there's always a bad portion in the good, but <laughs> I
0: Absolutely. want to stick to the good portion.
1: <laughs> this is
0: the hardest question. Um it's hard because when I started God, I keep saying this. When I started in the industry back in the day. Back in the day I used to go to band camp. Don't make me use that reference. Um <laughs> basically it was really hard because there weren't a lot of women in positions that I could look up to when I first started, and this was like a very truthful thing in Dota. There was maybe two casters at the top level, and then a couple oh, when more. when you said Dota,
1: I was like, "Wow, yeah, that's like a, that's it, an OG move. That's tough.
0: <laughs> OG, um, that's how old I am now." Um, but. It was really challenging because there one wasn't people to look up to. So there wasn't like and I and I did something very different. I I focused on interviews. And so I didn't want to be a caster. I didn't want to be any of that stuff. And there wasn't anyone doing what I was doing. So it was hard because other women in the industry felt the competition because there were so few of us that it was like, Oh, if I don't get this gig, or if they get the gig, that means I don't get it. Or if they get the money, I don't get it. And there wasn't a lot of like camaraderie i would say and that slowly shifted so slowly over time it became less about like everyone got their own piece of the pie and it became more about like sharing the pie like oh i heard this really cool opportunity came up or oh let me put you in the running for this position i think you'd be amazing for it and so it shifted but it took a long time and so i'd say like in the esports industry women are getting more supportive of each other same with like non-binary of which there's very few but we we kind of like group together now. It's like these groups of people kind of come together and we have these discord channels and we like send each other all these job postings. And we're always like, we're all the, each owns cheerleaders, which is really nice. But I'd say like, as a whole, I hate mentioning this person's name, but like Thorne's a great example of like someone who's caused a lot of, I don't know if we can swear on this. So a lot of shit over the past Mm -hmm. like day and a half um, of just really being a very toxic person at the top and is, so well known that the toxicity almost like leaks down like it it's a trickle down effect. If someone at the top is that toxic towards women, it just it just trickles down because it and emb- empowers everyone else to be that toxic. And so, yeah, the the camaraderie might be there more, but the industry as a whole still isn't as accepting and still isn't like rooting for women and non-binary people to succeed, which is tragic truthfully, but so it's kind of like that that thing you talked about. It's positive where we're seeing the women and non-binary and femme presenting people um get together mm-hmm. and, and and cheerlead each other on, but then the industry still hasn't like caught up to where we are in that micro sense.
2: Another really cool thing about Wiggy is that we have an amazing a team of allies, and mm-hmm. so one of you know one of our biggest things that we were founded on was this this group of allies that were like, yeah, do the thing. We we fully support that. We think it's amazing, and we actually had a conference when we very first came into fruition, and it was you know mixed mixed gender panels, and and everybody was welcome, and it was very open to everyone, and that's something that we're trying to put out there again. Is like it's not just women. I know women is in our name, but it's not just women that we are supporting. It's not just women that we are trying to amplify. We really want everyone to have an equal opportunity we're not anti-men we're pro everyone and that's that's really the biggest focus that we have and you know even in our networking events and our, our panels and our discussions it's not that it's only women but it is more centric to the idea of you know things that were faced by women but you know having things in common with everybody who's in a diverse category everybody who's been othered is kind of the empowering piece that we're trying to really lift up and empower those people to to have the ability to self-advocate or have the the confidence to you know know when something is wrong see when something is wrong and say something and how are you an actionable ally and how do you make sure that you are making an impact you know we always say if you don't say anything you're still taking a stance like how are you making sure that you are advocating for yourself and advocating for everyone else who's been othered to get those equal opportunities so um it's it's not turning away from the negativity. It's not turning away from the toxicity. It's truly trying to eliminate it and to, um, to find ways to, to take it on and, and, get rid of it
0: so be the change you want to see in the world
1: oh. <laughs> there you go. Well, i think that's a good that's a good point because i've said the same thing on this podcast several times I and mean, we were on the meta woman podcast but i certainly see this more as a way to have conversations about the gaming community as a whole what i find i guess sad about that is that i i i don't like having to say things like oh men are welcome because it's you know I don't like that being male is just the default assumption. You know, it's like if if it says woman, then you're going against the default and you have to be like sort of extra careful about inviting other people. And it's like, no, no, like, why don't we just assume that there is no default and that you can be welcome in lots of spaces, provided that you are an open person who is kind to others. It's just, it's kind of a, it's been sad to me to, have to sort of explain that away like I know we're a men a woman podcast but it's not just for women you know it's like that and that's something that I'll continue to do and it's conversations to push for sure but it just it does make me sad I'm like no you guys men can be here <laughs> there's, there's no rule this isn't like little rascals <laughs> no girls allowed but yeah I don't know it's just it's sort of sad to me that I'm always having to explain that I don't know if you all feel that way too
2: so when I first started at Wiggy and it was very much women in games international and people would say, OK, but what if I'm a trans woman or what if I'm, you know, not what if I wasn't born female? And and I was always like, of course, you'd still be welcome. More women and allies. And so I felt like women and allies covered everybody because either you are a woman or you're an ally. But sometimes there is this other piece where it's you're not a woman. You're maybe you're non-binary. Maybe you're um Maybe you're both, maybe you're neither, you know, like maybe you, you don't want to be put in a box to say what you are. And I still want you on my team and I still want to empower you and I still want to encourage you. And so it's not even just the name, it's, it's the feeling. And so that's why we're trying to create all of these programs, because even though you can walk in the door, do you feel included when you walk in the door? Do you feel like you are welcome when you walk in the door? Do you feel like you're part of the conversation? And if you say something, do you feel equitable in that conversation or do you feel like you're dismissed because you're not a woman? And that was that was really the biggest shift I think from kind of taking things over as, you know, we always said women and allies, but now it's 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 more inclusive in in our wording and trying to make sure that, you know, if you do come to this thing and you have something to say, please say it because we do want to hear from you and we do want to learn from you, and I don't care if you identify as a woman or not. it's that was never my intention. It was really to empower these you know just the entire other community and and really create that equality within the games industry, which which truly means everybody,
1: yeah, and I think that that's a good way of building a community around that when it comes to actually kind of transforming the industry. How are you thinking about getting people into the right careers to make those changes? What else would you like to see? What opportunities are kind of lacking? I mean, we've talked about how the industry has improved, but obviously there's a long way to go. Uh, what do you think that looks like from your guys' perspective? Oh, I said your guys again, by the way, and I keep trying to say not <laughs> say that. I'm such a you guyser and I've not been able to work that out of my vernacular yet, but I promise I'm working on it. <laughs> um. I, I spend a lot of time when I'm not working um,
0: thinking about what needs to change. And I and I think one aspect that I I always keep coming back to is this idea of. So obviously, my background is very esports focused. So when I say esports, I, I do also mean like the larger gaming industry as well. But my experience is, is a lot of esports, So I speak to that often. But the hiring practices, the diversity on teams, the lack of leaders who are women or non-binary or trans men or trans women or LGBT, just like there's such a lack of diversity in all aspects when it comes to upper management or hiring practices and teams in general, that as much as we want (laughs) to see the diversity, there's this like awkward barrier. And like, that's why a lot of our programs exist is to really remove that barrier, right? If the barrier is you can't financially afford to get to a convention, get in the game program exists. If your barrier is you are unable to take off time uh, to go to a summit or go to uh, a conference, we'll do digital ones, right? So there's a lot of like trying to remove those barriers. But there's this lack of wanting to shift that mentality when it comes to like the higher practices and and upper management. And so I would really like to see that start to shift. I'd really like to see companies and orgs and teams listen to what we're saying and like not to be like, hey, hire us, but like hire us as DEI consultants. Like, we're here to help support you. We're here to help acknowledge what's missing on your team, or help you identify how to fix those missing pieces. Um, there's lots of consultants. There's lots of orgs who do this. And I think as much as we are trying to be the change in the world, it also needs to be reciprocated. We need to see start. We need to start seeing that change happen on its own without us railing on the door all the time. Sorry, I rambled a bit, but. Those are my feelings.
1: <laughs> that's fine. I, I very much enjoyed hearing them. And sort of on that note, I know this is a little bit of a prickly subject, but you all did recently announce a grant from Activision Blizzard. We all know why they've been in the news lately. Um, and I know that one of the things that's been going on is is a big demand for change, the kind of change that you're talking about. Do you think that this kind of ground level movement can make it through to the top and how can people who are actually working at these big companies or or thinking about getting into these big companies make their voices heard and on the flip side how can the companies make sure that they're listening to those voices and improve this kind of workplace dynamic that we have going on that's really just not serving the best interests of anyone at the end of the day
2: I think creating that accountability and creating that accountability through truly identifying specific goals and um and and where what do you want to see so i feel like at one point people were just like okay you need to hire more people you need to hire more diverse people and then people were hiring those diverse people and being like okay check done leave me alone i hired these diverse people but they were all entry level they weren't being heard they weren't being seen they weren't being supported But the company was like, yeah, but we have a certain percentage and that's all you said you wanted. And so creating that accountability of like, obviously don't harass your employees, like check, done. That's, that's, that's a big one. That's from the state even. But um, what do you do? How do you make sure that it's not just the entry level employees who are then, you know, asked to go get coffee? Um, And I know I, you know, I always, I've been very open with my, you know, in earlier stages of my career, just because i came from so little i constantly felt like i needed to prove myself i needed to prove that i belonged somewhere i needed to prove that i i belonged in the room and even if i was just you know standing there taking notes for you i needed to feel like i i deserved that like um like i was worth your time if i wanted to have a conversation with you and i constantly felt like i needed to to say yes to every project, to take on everything that I possibly could to to show that I was a valuable asset to the team. And that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, I, I was at a speech uh, not too long ago where The woman said, you you should never strive to be your company's best kept secret. It's not good for you. It's not good for your career. And then I've left different positions where when I left, they had to hire three, four people to take on my work because they had no idea how much I was doing because the squeaky wheel gets the grease and I never squeaked. I, I didn't want you to see me as a problem. I didn't want you to think that I was overwhelmed. I didn't want you to think I couldn't handle it because I was, you know, whatever it was in my head because I was the poor kid or because I was, you know, the woman. Or because I and so I constantly was pushing myself without mentioning it, without celebrating any of my accomplishments, without without speaking to the workload that I had. And then when it got to the point where I did speak to the workload, uh, the feedback was like, "Well, you've been doing it this whole time. Why is this a problem now?" And I want to train people to to not do that. I want to teach people that you need to celebrate your accomplishments. You need to really reiterate what it is that you're working on and um, and let your your manager know and and use that as a platform to get to the next level of your career. So so what can companies do? Create that visible clear pathway from entry level to C suite and show exactly what you need to do to get to the next level. Have those regular check-ins, make sure that there is equity in those conversations. Are you taking notes? Is it something you can reference? I remember having the most amazing job inter- um uh check-in and my annual check-in, uh, raving, raving, raving. And your pay raise is I was running payroll, so I happen to know my pay raise was the smallest in the company. Well that's because you get paid the least in the company. Like that's supposed to make me feel better. <laughs> you know, like there's just a lot of opportunities to to just create that equality. And and what does that look like? And if there's no opportunity to get to C suite, I think that's something you need to evaluate and really take that into account as your as your business model and your structure. Um, is, is that what makes the most sense? I think right now, companies are so overworked and there's so much that they're doing in these studios, have so many games and things that they have to do. and now this is one more thing, but it's like a vague thing that they don't fully know how to do. And so we're trying to create that visibility and that accountability. We have a lot of research going into right now creating a public policy around this and just having those, you know, those specific attainable goals and, and percentages and um, trainings that
0: are that are out there that are available, as Kendricks was saying. There's something that like really resonated with me, and it's a little bit off uh, subject, but it's something that I think we try to, at least I remember when we were at uh, yeah, <laughs> my gosh, I can't even think of the acronym EGX. EGX. Wow. I was going XGE and I was like, that's not it. <laughs> um, it when close. we were, it was close. Uh, when we were with the mentees, part of it was like hype is not hyping them up in the sense. It's like, Oh my God, you're amazing. Sweetie. Like, Oh my God. But like, truly like be like, like being that cheerleader, as I talked about earlier, And I think that a lot of us have lost that sense of like celebrating accomplishments. I used to think that like celebrating a job promotion or like getting a new job or like talking about like something that happened that was good to me. I was like, no one wants to hear about it. That's bragging. Nobody wants to be that person. Like no one's going to want to follow me. No one's going to listen. That I got in the habit of like not talking about my accomplishments because I was like, I would rather just be proud of my accomplishments and like not talk about it. And that's something that like I think we're actively trying to change at Wiki is like encouraging the people who come into our programs to talk about their accomplishments, to talk about completing a portfolio, to talk about that new graphic they did or that's like the partnership that they secured. No one cares that it wasn't for any money. Everyone cares that you did it and you like you set out, you got the partnership. It's exactly what you wanted. And that's that's something to celebrate. So I know it's a little bit off topic, but like, I think that's something that we really, truly are pushing at Wiki and it might not be like at the forefront of every program, but it is something that we, we are actively talking about.
1: No, that's extremely true. And I think that you're absolutely right that women in particular, but it's probably a problem for many people out there. Don't talk enough about what they do where we definitely have this kind of ideal thing in Western countries, aka the American Dream kind of thing where you know work hard and you'll get what you deserve and just put your head down and, you know, do what you're told, go above and beyond all of that stuff. And it's definitely an encouragement of if you work hard, people will notice. And that's just patently not true. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> working hard is a good step towards yeah. achieving more. That's definitely a piece of the puzzle, but there's so many other pieces to that puzzle, and one of them is actually letting people know that you've worked hard. <laughs> <laughs> that whole silence thing—it uh, it it really—and that's something I've gone through. I, I was a college athlete, and when I graduated, all my coaches said, "Oh, we're so amazed that you played so well when you partied all the time." And I was like, "What are you talking about? I never partied." I was like, "In the—I I was truly in the gym Friday and Saturday nights. I played basketball, getting shots up. Like that was me." <laughs> But because I was so effervescent and bubbly, they just assumed. It's like, oh, well. And my quieter colleagues who were also in the gym with me got so much credit for getting in the gym on Friday and Saturday nights. And I was like, I was there, you guys. Like, <laughs> I know I'm like I'm bubbly and crazy a little bit, but I'm still working hard. And that, that was that light bulb moment that you're talking about, Kendricks, with Oh, you have to say something. Otherwise, people make their own assumptions. And those assumptions could be so wrong. It could really come back to hurt you. So I think that that was a good, a very apropos tangent, if you will, um, which was great. I do want to talk a little bit about this big M word that we've all been hearing about, the metaverse. Um, I don't really exactly have a full picture of what the metaverse is just yet. And I think that's one of the alluring things about it. But I do think that anytime that a new industry starts, there's such a chance to build it more equitably and fairly and sort of get rid of some of those things from old systems that aren't necessarily serving us. So I would love to hear if you all are doing any work in the metaverse, what you're thinking about with the metaverse, what it means to you, what it means to diversity inclusion programs and Equality and that good stuff.
0: <laughs> I truthfully am very skeptic of the metaverse. <laughs> I sound like it's a fine. I sound like a boomer. It's fine. I'll I'll, I'll accept <laughs> the title for now. Um, I I'm apprehensive. I feel like it's an opportunity to really like, as you said, explore that like creating a more equitable, more diverse landscape. But at the same time, I'm skeptic because it's Facebook. And Facebook doesn't have the best track record, um, doesn't have the best, like has never put forethought into this. And so it's almost like I'm I'm apprehensive, but I'm also like, I don't really want to have to take on the burden of being that person who's very loudly screaming once more in a different industry. Why aren't (laughs) things different? Like, to me, it's like, it's, I'm I'm not saying I'm exhausted, but I'm exhausted from doing it in this industry. So it's like, like volunteering myself to do this in a different industry on a different platform that has very clearly not put any effort in before feels like, oof, it's another mountain that I need to climb. And I don't know if I'm well prepared for this fight yet. I think that like, as an organization, I think that we'll eventually move into the space. And I think eventually it will be on our roadmap, but like currently I'm physically exhausted thinking about it. Um, But (laughs) I think that once I start seeing what they're doing to truly make that an equitable and diverse landscape, then I'll start to like adjust myself and our organization to, to enter into it. I'm just, I'm hesitant being the first in that landscape because of the history
1: that's attached to it. Yeah, definitely the leadership leaves a little bit to be desired. I get that.
2: Yeah. yeah. When when I first took over as CEO, one of the first things I wanted was to get out of just the video games industry and really focus on esports and tabletop and, and truly the global games industry. And like really focus on every aspect of gaming and, and trying to normalize women in every space within that, within each sector. Um I know with the metaverse, specifically with GamesBeat, they just did a, a call for speakers. Um, and and I've been working with uh, Dean and kind of there's a, a committee that we all work together for women in games and really trying to focus on making sure that panels and conversations are very equitable within not just, you know, the male perspective. And so it was it was kind of a. A lot to take on uh, just with regard to what does it mean? How do we make sure that we are staying equitable? There's a lot of really amazing people in this space who are non-males, who are doing really great things with augmented reality and virtual reality and, and just video and digital universe creation. And so is there an opportunity to make sure that those people are also being seen and heard in this space? And as Kendrick said, you know, it's it's a lot right now. And it's it's very exciting to see that there is so much opportunity to create that equality. But again, it's usually a monetary barrier based on the fact that who has the most money, who has yeah. the most money to throw around at a new concept, who has the most money to invest. And those are going to be the people who are represented and heard. And that's nine out of ten times why it's, you know it's very becomes very male dominated. So yeah. um hopeful but
1: Hopeful. Cautiously. Yeah. Cautiously. cautiously hopeful.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a fair place to be. It's such a this is such a loose concept at the moment. And like you noted, Joni, there's lots of people who are working on different things in the metaverse. But I do think that unfortunately it's been overshadowed by Good old Facebook <laughs> changing their name. Uh, yeah. I will also note for our listeners that we were named the Meta Woman Podcast way before Facebook decided to change its name to Meta. True, True. <laughs> we were
2: cool before it was cool. So. Yeah, way
1: yeah. before we were ahead of the trends. But it actually, Wait, was we're very all millennials funny.
0: now. This is amazing. Congrats, we <laughs> arrived. We we were cool before things were cool. Love it.
1: Well, the day that they announced it, I was like, "crap!" But <laughs> we were in too deep at that point, so. You should just add official somewhere
0: in there, and then just jump on the bandwagon, like the <laughs> official Metaverse Women's Podcast yes. or the Meta Women Podcast. Like, I think that's the way to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. A little <laughs> TM. That's why they on have it. branding? It. With me. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, so just to summarize really quick for the for our listeners. I think that these programs are awesome. One of the things I love is that you focus on things that people wish they knew and provide a whole picture instead of just a kind of singular resource or experience. You build a community for women and allies to create a space where everyone can truly be comfortable, where all are welcome. When it comes to the industry. Some change has been made and there's a better collaboration, but there's a long way to go and focusing on removing barriers, access, equity, that kind of thing can help. Um, one of the great pieces of advice that both of you have noted is that you should strive to never be your company's best kept secret. Shout out to the speaker who said that to Joni. I think that's a great way of saying it. Um, you should be an advocate for yourself, celebrate your accomplishments, and use your accomplishments as a platform to advance your career. And one thing that companies can materially do to create change is to create visual and clear, transparent pathways from entry-level to C-suite. So those are just all our little takeaways. Um, one thing I love to end on with all of our guests is a little moment of reflection. So if you all could just tell me, and we've talked about this a lot, but what is one thing you would like to tell your younger self about getting into the gaming industry and being successful? Oh,
0: gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll go first this time. That's only fair.
1: Um,
0: wow. Uh, it's going to be a little bit sadder. I'm, I'm a... I'm a that kind of person but um eventually all the pain and the strife and the barriers will will disappear and you will be in a position that you can make the changes that you want to see in the industry
2: i love that um that was really sad but <laughs> <laughs> i would say um gosh something i learned really really early on in my career was to take everything from a solution standpoint. So bringing not just a problem to the table, but at least two potential solutions to offer. Um, It's great to identify a problem and call it out as a problem, but make sure that you have an end goal to focus on. Um, Focus on the solution instead of continuing to discuss the fact that there's a problem. So I think that was always something that really helped me within my career, especially if you you do have something you wanna bring to a manager. For personally, though, I think just be yourself and it's okay to be yourself, even if yourself is a Star Wars loving Harry Potter loving World of Warcraft nerd. Um, There were so many times that I dressed or acted a certain way that because I thought that was how I was supposed to. And kind of looking back on that now, I don't think that, you know, 20 years old, I need to be wearing sensible shoes and, you know, slacks with an elastic waistband because that's that was the woman that I saw that was successful. Uh, And And I think that's also something that has been huge at wiggy is is really coming into my own comfort zone figuring out who i am rather than who i think i'm supposed to be or who i think other people want me to be so that was that's my biggest growth uh i think we should definitely focus on is is be yourself uh even if you and yourself is very different from someone else's self
1: oh i love that i think that's a great reminder um, thank you both so much for coming on. Can you tell people where they can find you if you want to be found? <laughs> if I want to
0: be found, I have never had that said that way. And I absolutely love it. You can find me. I'm, I'm happy to be found. Um, you can find me at, uh, Kendrix underscore. So K E N D R Y X underscore on any so- social platform that exists. Um, and I, my DMs are always open if you have questions, concerns, or just want to talk about the games industry, Dota or esports. I'm here for all of it. So <laughs> be prepared to hear about
2: Dota. Uh, <laughs> I am Joni Kraut on all platforms. Uh, uh, I think on some of them, I have a period between my first and my last name because I was already taken. Can you believe that? Um, you can also find Wiggy at GetWiggy on all social platforms. And we are also at um, getwiggy.com.
0: Because getting wiggy with a na-na-na. <laughs> yeah. It's a great acronym. <laughs> if you didn't want me to sing it, you shouldn't have chosen that. <laughs> great. Oh God, thank now you. Now everyone's going to be singing it after this podcast. They're all going to be, like, living it up. And then when everyone, they hear the actual song, they'll be like, I know an org that's really cool. Isn't their name Get Wiggy? It's the best branding. Just, yeah. It's, the best. it's great
1: branding. It's great branding. Um, For our listeners, thank you so much for joining me. Don't forget, new episodes drop every Tuesday. Be sure to leave the five-star ratings and reviews. And check out the other podcasts in the Holodeck Media Network, including Metabusiness for all the metaverse finance stories you could ever want. More metaverse stuff. I'm going to keep saying metaverse until it sounds weird. Uh, And Business of Esports for interviews with industry leaders. You can catch me Wednesday nights on the Business of Esports Live After Show, and you can catch this podcast in your feed every week. We'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for joining us here on Meta Woman. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcasts, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends, family, and colleagues all about us. Also, make sure to follow Meta TV on all socials to get more of the best Metaverse content anywhere. Tune in every week for another episode of Meta Woman.